What a week to be a Shell supporter. The takeover of the club by Acom Media has brought new life to the club and the new owner's first bit of contract business. Damien Duff has been excellent on a small budget, but what can he do with a few quid in his pocket? Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast in a week where Derry City unveil new plans at the Brandywell. The long and awaited takeover bid at Shelbourne has finally been completed. And as Warren Point struggled to receive a licence to play up north, would be willing to allow these clubs into the League of Ireland? We'll have a little chat about that. My name's Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by Nathan Doyle. And Nathan, we've had a couple of weeks off, a couple of unscheduled weeks off, but it's good to be back. Yeah. I think we're the only people to miss COVID, Roy, because it was an awful <laughs> dream to, uh, to get a bit of scheduling going, wasn't it? That's the, uh, the, the perils of uh, independent podcasting with two lads trying to get uh, a bit of time in together. But Life definitely gets in the way, doesn't it? Here we are, mate. Here we are. Back together once again um, <laughs> after a short, uh, unscheduled hiatus. And as you said, does like probably not a better time to get our teeth into. We normally probably jump on, wouldn't we, and have like an international special show with the Ireland um, qualifiers coming up. But there's plenty, plenty of uh, of stuff to get into now in the world of uh, League of Ireland. Absolutely. And um, might as well start off with the big news. Shelbourne, who have been taken over, is is this a good thing for the club? Do you feel? Well, yeah. Um, look, we talked about uh, about the, the 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 takeover of the the new talk show owners over the past couple of weeks, haven't we? Because they've been sort of in and around the league for it seems to be a little while now, showing an uh, interest in issue in Shelbourne. Then we heard don't do iron up listening to Dundalk, Drottery, even St Pat's, which was. Seemingly shot down very, very quickly. Um, but yeah, as you said, Shells announced uh, that uh, Acune Media has become a major shareholder in the club and that all investment will go into the men's and women's force teams, into the academy, and most importantly, right into the, the uh, facilities, which is a major positive sticking point for Shelbourne fans and probably the league as a whole. You know, that gives the Tolga Park that bit of security. And as you mentioned, it gives Damien Duff that bit of a with a, a major uh, injection of a, of a budget that you can use to approve his squad. Uh, I'm sure we'll see that even over the summer transfer window and we've seen it early on, didn't we? Straight away with Conor Cairns getting tied down to a new uh, contract until the end of the 2024 season. Of Cairns being probably one of the most uh, outstanding goalkeepers in the uh, Premier Division this year. So early on, it's going to be positive signs for them, as I say, you know, getting the security under the belt at Tolka Park and getting that budget uh, for Damien Duff to play around with. I still would be sceptical though, and I think there is a lot of sceptics out there um, of the benefit of the long-term benefits what Shells are going to get, or are they just going to be used as a feeder system for um, for the likes of Hull City? Because it's not wooden lie, the new owners are looking to get the multi-club model under their belt, down the under their portfolio, and this uh, seems to be the start of it. So once Shells continue to get, you know, the injection of cash and Tolka Park up to a fitting standard to where it needs to be. I'm sure it'll be all rosy. Um, and look, maybe, probably to even contradict what you just said, maybe it is even time, I don't know if it's something I want to get into, uh, to start trusting foreign investors that little bit more because I'm the force to be sceptical about any foreign investor coming in about their intentions of the club, the community, the league itself. But 
in fairness, we're in America now where there's not a lot of Irish investment coming in, uh, especially in a significant way. So I'm saying everybody is, is hopeful for Shelbourne. Uh, you just hate them become, you know, a, a B-level uh, side for a whole city to cherry pick their best talents and to leave them starving that department. Yeah, well, if you take the statement that the owner came out with after the purchase of the club or the majority of the club he says I'm deeply impressed by the passion and motivation of the Shelbourne FC family and we believe that the club offers great potential to succeed in European football our vision for Shelbourne FC is to become a leader in the League of Ireland and demonstrate consistent success in European competitions he goes on then to say we believe that our investment and commitment will shape the future of football in our academy uh, which will become the most modern academy structure in Ireland We want to scout, recruit and train talented prospects from all over Ireland and Europe to be part of our family where our global enterprise and vision in football, media and entertainment. We aim to bring new energy to Irish football and Shelbourne, one of the oldest clubs in Ireland. That sounds very, very positive, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. But every statement does, right, of any new owner. I think we have, how many times we said about a new Waterford owner coming into place and, oh, it sounds great and they're doing the right walks. It's just hoping that he can put it in, into action. But that's what it needs to be. And I think for Shelbourne, wouldn't that be the aim now of seeing the new ownership coming in and hoping they can get a foothold now in European competitions and, you know, trying to entice the, the, the best players in the league around with long-term contracts and possibly in the next, I don't know, five, ten years, whatever it may be, make a significant push for the league and balance that, you know, the, the league and European aspirations together um, over the, the course of, of, of a long-term uh, partnership with the new owner. So, yeah, but as I said, it all does, it all does sound great when you're reading it in black and white in these statements, it's, it's just the proof of being the pudding won't it, over the next year or so, which is probably the most on-defence answer you can give. But uh, we've just seen it. We've seen it a lot, Roy, over uh, the course of being League of Ireland fans, haven't we? Yeah. No, I've been on the shell. Are, are you, are you going to move on from this, are you? I want to ask you one question before we get off the shell. Oh, no, I'm not moving you. on from it. No, uh, you can come back to me now. But I just, I just want to add to what we were just after being saying. The... The Shells FC fan group has seen a huge influx of Hull City fans joining the group and being welcomed with open arms. And I just want to just a couple of uh, messages that were sent through says, hello, this is Daniel Ramsey. Hello, Hull fan here. Thank you for accepting to the group. Really looking forward to seeing what the future has in store for your club. Akun the owner, will look after you like he has with Hull. He has brought us back to happy times again. Uh, for us and now for that reason I am now a pass holder at the Tigers and then they say we definitely will have to make a trip over to watch you a few times another one Martin Angel hi guys thanks for accepting really hope that a coon effect is as great as it has been for us uh, the guy is very genuine and a great communicator when and there's mul- multiples like that that have have gone through there and a lot of them saying they're gonna they want to come over and and see the the club and all that sort of stuff so the one people you do start to listen to are the fans and if the fans are saying good things on that side it does sound positive yeah 100% right that's uh, that would be music to, to the ears of any Shelbourne fan listening in wouldn't it any Shelbourne fan that would have read the uh, the endorsements of any Hull City supporter uh, on the new ownership so yeah that, that's probably the best the best endorsement anybody can give them is the, the Hull City fans that have been there with them over the past year or so 
uh, since his ownership. Yeah, that, that's really the best. That, well, I mean, you can even say, like, none of us being Hull City supporters are being, uh, probably even point out what Hull even is on a map or anything. So, yeah, yeah. they're definitely the best endorsement that anyone can give is the supporters. Yeah. So this could be hugely interesting if he goes about his business again. One of the others had said that he brings a family feel to the club and that everyone really feels that they're they're one family and all sort of looking at one goal. Fans, you know, staff, players, everything. It's just one sort of big thing. He he, he likes that feel of a, of a family situation and he's kind of said that in his statements as well. So it'd be very interesting to see how this develops. And he talked about putting two million into the club straight off which is your 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 academy and your facilities and stuff like that so uh, very optimistic and, and if if all goes the way the feelings are here it'd be great to see this kind of thing happen and as I said it's a gateway to Europe so why wouldn't someone come in and, and try to use that um, what was your question? You sort of done it a little bit uh and actually, just to, to tip off what you were saying there, Roy, and to what your question is going to be, I was looking at a couple of interviews with him, and yeah, the communication side of things is, is definitely, it's not going to be lacking the shells, isn't it? He's, he is one for an interview, he's very good at that aspect of the game as well. I think he's, he's like a television personality over in Turkey, so so that side of things will definitely be a benefit uh, to him. But the reason why I was looking at interviews was to, and it's probably, people are probably listening now saying, huh, They've been talking about the Shell ownership for about five, ten minutes now and haven't even uh, said his name. So, <laughs> do you want to be... I'm not going to be the brave one because I was listening to interviews for about 15 minutes. I can hardly <laughs> pronounce your name. So, do you want to be the, uh, the, the the brave man of the big kickoff and give it, give it a good attempt? Because I'm yeah, just going to stick with, with focus on us. Uh, well, I think it's Akuna Kali. So, if I'm yeah. wrong on that... Yeah. This, you know I'm wrong but that's that's who I think it is so but you know what you uh, said it with confidence so I believe that's, that's what you have to do you have to say it with confidence even though it could be way off the mark it could be a couple of silent dells in there or something that we're not <laughs> yes. getting right but, yeah. uh, but anyhow it's it's going to be hugely interesting and it, uh, wasted no time as you said uh, signing up uh, the keeper and making sure that that was solid so that was a positive start already going to be very very interesting to see I really hope he does up Talca Park and, and makes it something that's well worth uh, a look at and, and visiting that's, that's the one definitely. isn't it that, that's, that's the main sticking point of the ownership um, and just as well he did sign Conor Cairns up right we do that goalkeeper big news actually big big news in the world of League of Ireland uh, do that Shelburne the backup Shelburne goalkeeper going on to Love Ireland so it's just as well Conor Cairns is uh, sticking around or we'd probably see Damien Duff back on the pitch in a, in a goalkeeper jersey this time, maybe. Yeah, well, that's just a lot of news for Shelbourne this week, isn't it? You know, it's all happening. It's all happening. Can yeah, you, they cope you, with you, all that pressure? You think uh, new ownership and then bam, Love Island comes <laughs> in, takes over the spotlight. <laughs> now, another, another club who are looking to revamp their stadium is Derry City. They brought out plans this week uh, alongside the news that they will be allowed to play in Europe on their pitch. Yeah, so uh, yeah, with the pitch uh, sort of things that um, I, yeah, the 3D sofas got a mandatory FIFA quality uh, pro ser- uh, certificate, which they need to to play uh, in Europe. There's a little bit of questions around. Obviously, a lot of people been critical over the pitch, uh, not only this year but before that, and there's even before the season started. There's a lot of pressure by the FEI hinting that maybe next year it won't be fit for purpose. 
I think ultimately it comes down to the council ride, doesn't it? With them on the ground, if they do decide to lift it or not, but they actually might be strong-hauled into it if the FEI really start clamping down because yeah, they're, they're, they are not a fan of uh, 3D or Astro Surfaces, whatever you want to call them. Um, we have a decent little bit of information, Roy, about the uh, the Brandywell's plants, if you want to just quickly sprout them out, right? Just yep. to, to give a good full context. So this uh, comes from a planning statement by um, MCI Planning, uh, who are overseeing the, the project. So the ultimate plan is to have the Brandywell, the Roy McBride Brandywell Stadium at a 7,400-day capacity. Uh, and like a lot of things, this is going to be done in phases. So the first phase will be to demolish Block A and B of the South End stand, which um, is home to the away supporters, the, the curved end behind the goal uh, at the moment. This will be to facilitate a new, uh, brand new covered uh, North Terrace behind the goal, which would be uh, 2,940 seats. Uh, sorry, 2,940 uh, capacity with obviously being a terrace. It'll be uh, mostly standing with, I think there's a like 30 wheelchair uh, accessible places. So that'd be nice to see them bring in the safe standing uh, capacity into the Brandywell. Uh, the second phase will be to see them completing the Mark Farron stance. That's the, the stand where the players walk out for anyone that isn't really too sure. Uh, it's only like like a quarter of a stand now at the moment. So they've got two wings either side of this existing stand have been at the full end of the pitch. That'll see the capacity going up from 1,225 to 2,391. Uh, obviously, then uh, that includes the likes of new toilet styles, toilet blocks, uh, and possible floodlighting work. Uh, to go into it as well so yeah great to see right always positive news uh believe that the club are prepared to fund the construction um to speed up the process obviously with the council uh i think they're being bogged down at the moment with the likes of the uh, case park project which is being held up uh quite a bit so yeah we, we could potentially see this work come in sooner rather than later okay well it's good news that's what we want we want to hear that sort of thing and with the money that they have up there I'm surprised that I'm surprised that there hasn't been a little bit a little bit different. Now they have their, their standing room, uh, but there there's a, is a little bit of room around there. Now they're obviously going to do it in phases, so um, mm. it's it's such a weird shape that it stand over the far side, away from the 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 far end stand. That it'd be interesting to yeah. see if that sticks around or will that be actually taken out of there and rebuilt again. I wouldn't be su- surprised if that actually did happen yeah. that it was taken out of there. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm, I'm sort of getting off the uh, the 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 plans for the project, Roy. Is that they're just going to to shave off, for lack of a better term, the the two curved uh, block sections, and then just mm. put a new fifth or purpose stand behind, like an ordinary stand behind the goal. Because yeah, it's strange. It's like they're still a fit, uh, trying to facilitate the greyhound track that is no longer no uh, longer there. around the pitch. Yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, it is strange one. Okay, uh, Warren Point. They struggle to receive a license to play up north. I believe they they will get it though, Nathan. But if there was teams like this who couldn't get into the Northern Irish League, well, the question you put out there was: Should we be willing to allow them or be welcome them with open arms? What's your thoughts on it? First of all, Nathan. Um, well, to answer the question, yeah, I, I would be happy to do it. I wouldn't, I say in the word invite, getting thrown around, like should we invite the likes of uh, Warren Point Town down to play in the fourth division? No, I'd never invite anybody to come down, but I think the, the application process should be open to them. 
obviously mm-hmm. you'd need a bit of wiggle room it wouldn't be as easy for you know the likes of a warm point uh to just drift up down you'd need a bit of work between the ofa possibly the fio your way for fifa you know government bodies um so it wouldn't be as simple but once they could finance themselves long term you know like the likes of warm point if they were to come down into the fourth division those journeys to Cove or to mm. Waterford, like they would, they'd be very, very uh, cost effective to that budget over the course of the season. So once, once you could financially do it, I'd have no objection to any side uh, choosing to come down. Obviously, we seen it didn't we with with Derry City? Look how well they're doing. They joined the first division in 1985. So the precedent is there. I know that was a long, long time ago. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with it at all. I think, as you said, Warren Point looked like they're going to go into, this is coming from uh, the Belfast Telegraph, right? looking like they're going to drop into the uh, the Premier Intermediate League, which is the third tier of, of Northern Ireland football, which is really, really shame uh, for Warren Points. So for them to do it, I think this all stems from issues that they have with revenue and, and uh, missing uh, revenue payments over the course of the year, but the club... Uh, is denying that and they're, they're looking possibly to go into into the legal side of things to, to get themselves back to where they belong but things like going into arbitration would be such, such a financial headache for them so you don't know how that's going to work out so for one point that situation could be difficult with you know, having that issue with revenue they're still going to have that issue if they're applying with, uh, with the FEI drop down to the lake but as a broad statement I wouldn't have an issue whatsoever no, I wouldn't either. Um, I mean, obviously, they'd have to go through the whole licensing thing here as well anyhow. So it, one yeah. way or another, they're either fit for purpose or they're not fit for purpose. But I think if one jumps or one came across, it could be very interesting then to see how many others would look to make that step across. Would it be the start of something? Would it be the the, the dam that kind of burst? And then we're talking all Ireland leagues then. So what to say? Would it be probably the, uh, the 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 tipping point for for an all, an all Ireland league? Yeah, it could very well be. So that first team who do make that step over, I know Derry City were one. That's a long time ago, but now the, the, the talk is is much more open than it's ever been. So uh, if someone like Warren Point decided that they wanted to make that uh, leap across and were allowed to it would be very interesting to see because if they prospered in the League of Ireland it may turn a few heads and uh, I listen I think I still think an All-Ireland League would be the best for everyone because I just think yeah. it would it, it would be something that could grow obviously the, we, we talked about this before European football won't be there for everyone and, and they'd be looking at their own European football and you know certain teams won't be getting in if you know there's more teams there it's harder to get in so um, I can understand that point but uh, listen we'll see but yes I think we're both in agreement and I think everyone else probably would be yeah you'd imagine the majority would uh, have you seen much about the, the one point situation I know we don't really cover Northern Ireland football that much Roy but um Genuinely, we hard goes out to anyone involved with that club. We had such a good season last year, uh, finishing second in the NIFL Championship, uh, gaining promotion back up to up to the top tier, and now going through all this over. And look, we, we know we've seen clubs going through financial issues in the past and having um, issues with revenue in their, their respective countries. I don't think I think the punishment doesn't fit the crime whatsoever. You have a club in Warren Point that's now back in the top tier of Northern Ireland football and they're being kicked down. Uh, two divisions it's, it's it's a difficult one for them it is uh, there has to be some sort of punishment for things like this so 
for you it's a deterrent so if you want to keep your house in order and if you don't well then you know there's going to be some sort of punishment and punishment is you're, you, you get relegated or there's a 15 point deduction or whatever it is well that's what it is now they obviously if they're going to go down the legal route feel that it's unjust so that would be very interesting to see but yeah I, I don't I agree and I don't agree I think you can't be if there's point deductions fine and maybe that's what should be done maybe they should have started their Premier Division games off with 10 point deduction or something like that at least that would have given them a chance to sort of make it up um, uh, they would have got the finances from being in that league as well the gates and stuff like that so that would have helped them rather than hinder them because uh, how are they going to in the third level get the crowds in that they would have wanted to get in, yeah. the, in the top level so it just doesn't, doesn't make sense that way so I do think there should be a punishment but maybe maybe that's a bit, little bit too severe yeah, okay um, so. Nathan I looked at it I thought oh my god it's happened I looked at it again. Yeah, and I know exactly what they're going to say. No, <laughs> Luke United <laughs> drawn against St. Pat's CY, and I was good. The closest we've ever gotten to the big kickoff derby. I'm the same as you. I didn't watch the draw live. I didn't get a chance. I just seen it walk. And I goes, who the Pats get? Who the Pats get? Oh, Lucan. <laughs> I went, ah, oh, fucking CY. <laughs> yeah, good. I was absolutely good. We'll, we'll run through the draw in a minute and talk about it. But I thought about Lucan. Are you happy with that draw? Be, or obviously being a Lucan, Lucan, uh, well, Lucan through and through, coach it over the blade, Lucan. Um, like, not say, like win it, but one. Would you rather get a massive team and get that massive financial payday? You know, like get a Shamrock Rovers away in the first rounds, or I, 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 I the folks in Lucan that he's looking at St. Pots uh, CY and thinking this is a chance to uh, to possibly get into the, into the second round of the FA Cup it's 100% you want one of the big teams because it just makes sense you want to play them in their ground you want to uh, get p- part of that gate and uh, we played Bowes last year and Bows were brilliant. They bent over backwards. They were really, they were great hosts. I have to say, really, really good hosts, uh, and cemented my thoughts. Uh, even though Shamrock Rovers fans might not like this, but uh, as a, a really, really good, solid club who are going about their business in the right way. For Lucan United to be playing St Pat's and St Pat's or St Pat's CY, and for St Pat's CY to be playing Lucan United, it's just another game to try and get through to yeah. get to that game, you know. So, no, I mean they don't really think that they're going to go on and win the FAI Cup. They'd have to get the best draw ever and 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 the greatest bit of luck to go on and do that, you know. So, no is the answer. We 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 don't really want that draw. We really want one of the bigger teams. Um, and St. Pat's would have been great because that meant I, I for, when the minute I seen it, I thought, oh, points, great, go down, bit of crack, banter, you know. And that was all yeah. taken away from me in an instant. That's why when the lads being like, oh, he's probably doing like a lawyer stream. Would you? Because not a chance. We down bleeding skull on points in, in the black line. Yeah, <laughs> a lawyer stream yeah. in the black line or something like that. Not be, but be sitting in the attic bleeding doing a, doing a yeah, lawyer stream. Uh, but away from that, man, there's some some tasty draws. That's, that means we got we got we got spoiled in uh, in the fourth rounds. You know, sometimes you can see some of the uh, a lot of the big boys avoiding each other, but that wasn't the case here at all, was it? 
No. So maybe we need, maybe we were lucky to have this draw, either St. Pat's CY or ourselves. Maybe a few of the biggies would be gone. Maybe this is the year of the underdog. Here they hear four. So it's actually going to ask in a few minutes for your prediction, but that's it. I'm going to lock you in for Luke and you know you to win the, win the FAI Cup. That's uh, it. Yeah, every year. Every year. Do you know what? You're not optimistic and I love that about you. Um, quickly, bait through this draw, Roy. Really, I know, say a lot of people probably have seen it. Go through a few up and we'll discuss them. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously the, the one that came out of the hat, the, 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 the two big ones uh, that cut everyone's eye was uh, Dundalk versus Shamrock Rovers. And uh, Bowes hosting the, the, their North Dublin rivals, Shelbourne, who obviously finished up as runners up in last year's FEI Cup. They were the two, yeah. the, the two biggest. Uh, we also had Jotty United would be hosting Sligo Rovers. Uh, Treaty United would be hosting Cork City. Uh, Longford would be hosting St. Pat's. Last year's winners, Derry City, will be hosting Athlone Town. UCD versus Cove. Uh, Galway versus Bangor Celtic. And we have Port Leash versus Scaries, uh, Kerry versus Rin Martin Rangers. This is not a major, uh, any traveling for either sides there. Uh, Kilbarrick versus Finn Harps. There's, there's a side with some major, uh, traveling in Finn Harps. Uh, Cockhill Celtic versus Bray. Gory Rangers versus Rockmound. That's a nightmare draw for Gory. Um, Westford versus Avondale United. And we have St. Michael's of Tipperary versus uh, Waterford in uh, one of the few Munster derbies in that draw there. Uh, all those games we played over the weekend of the 24th and the 20, uh, 24th to the 23rd of July. So definitely yeah. one to look forward to. Uh, big, I stand out. I, yeah, I, I, I actually think uh, Bowes and Shelbourne is a yeah. is a tasty one. And of course, you have to go Rovers and, and Dundalk. Listen, the likes of Derry and stuff, they they want to have those, not handy draws, but the, the favourable draws. And they have one with Athlone Town at home. They should see them off. So, yeah. I mean, Dundalk and Rovers don't really want to be playing each other. No, no way. Especially not, not this early on as well. And like I said, having the likes of Derry City, maybe even St. Pat's as well, avoiding the, the, the so-called big boys. Don't get me wrong, Pat's could easily go to Longford and get beaten. Uh, knowing they're... they're Iffiness in this cup, but yeah, like as a Pat supporter, yeah, I'm happy to see the draw that we got. Considering the likes of uh, as the four teams you mentioned, we'd be all playing each other. Uh, any maybe sides in there you reckon could pull out with a bit of a surprise in the fourth round draw? Anyone that's not called Lucan? Yeah, well, nice. I think St. Patsy Y could uh, pull off a surprise, but I'm not sure that'll happen. Um, I'm looking. Hold on, give me a look as I'm scrolling back through them again. Uh, you have Finn Harps playing Kilbarrick. You, you, you see that? You see where yeah. teams change. Like Lucan went to the Daily Mount, you know, to get the most out of it. Um, I'm sure there's other teams there that will will swap over and try. I doubt Kilbarrick will want to go to Finn Harps, and that probably will mean that Finn Harps yeah. may very well have to to come down to you know our way, and that could be tricky for them. And then the greatest of form, so. But that would be the one that would stand out for me that there's a, a possibility. But listen, Finn Harp should win it. Absolutely. But you just never know. Confidence is low. You just never know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's not a trip that Kilbarrick, I'm sure, would be looking to uh, to make, even in terms of finances. Like, it's a long way to go up to uh, up to Bally Buffet. I think from looking at even possibly a dark horse in this year's competition, now we're just going off the first round draw. We, we can't see in the future. 
Galway United be very happy with that draw against Bangor Celtic, wouldn't he? Especially considering how they've just been unbelievable in the league this year. Well, the Our form they're in, Nathan. The yeah. form they're in is ridiculous at the moment. So it, it, I tell you, they walk out in the pitch and they and you know they just can't feel like they're going to lose. And 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 even if they do lose, where we seen that happen, and they just jump back on the horse again and go again. So yeah, this I'd be very surprised if Bangor get a sniff in that game. And for Galway, they're playing at a level that's, you see, we said a couple of those big teams gone out of the way, the draw suits right, anything's possible. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll just cover back to there with the women's side of the draw right over here. Um, yeah. where last year's runners up at Lowen, they're playing Galway. Uh, we have DLR Waves hosting Wexford uh, Utes. Uh, Treat United will be hosting P-Mounts. Uh, Shamrock Rovers will be in, in all Dublin clash against uh, Calesta Donacarney. Uh, Sligo will be playing Bonaghy United in a bit of a Northwest Derby. Uh, Cabin Teed will be playing Bowers and Terranure Rangers are hosting Cork City. Uh, and all those games will be played over the weekend from the 25th to the 27th of August. And a quick one actually over here, we did it's not even in the schedule, but just to mention, if anyone's starved of League of Ireland football this weekend uh, with the international break, uh, the inaugural Women's All-Ireland Cup starts uh across this weekend so anyone interested in any of your local uh, women's Premier Division sides check them out on social media see check out the fixtures and get yourself down to a game if you're missing out on the the, the men's first division or Premier Division uh, this weekend it could be a couple of interesting clashes going on so make sure to check that out as well if you want a bit of live football absolutely okay Nathan we finish off with a fan question yeah they're back they are back and it's that man, Kevin Sheridan, again. This, I think we would have been doing fan questions about eight months ago. It wasn't for Kev sorting us out, so good man, Kevin. Um, so with the transfer market opening now across England, Scotland, Europe, Kevin wants to know, which Irish players would you like to see get a move this summer? So, any Irish player? Any, or anyone, any at all. It could be internationals, non-internationals. Well, anyway. the, there's two, definitely... And maybe one, but the two definites are the goalkeepers and Mark Travers and Keevan Kelleher. If they need to get moves, yeah. they can't sit in their arse now and and have and get splinters. Uh, Kelleher definitely can't. At least Mark Travers has been playing games, um, even you know with the first team. But Kelleher, after the the big rigmarole that Klopp did with him the year before, he put him in for the cup final and you know, made him feel like he was great and then basically abandoned him this year and never he never got a look in. He needs to get out of there as quickly as possible. And I mean, there's talk of Spurs looking at him. That's gone now. I think they're going after your man, Rhea from Brentford. Uh, there was talk of other clubs going from Leicester City, but nothing has happened so far. Very early in the transfer window. But he's too... He's nearly getting too old to be sitting on the bench. I think they're hitting 24s, didn't they, in around that age. Yeah. I know uh, Mark Travers is 24, and he's not going to get in there ahead of Neto, and he really needs to get game time. And surely, if they don't get something in the Premier League, there will be championship sides that they're well capable of playing. And you look at Gavin Bazunu. Could Gavin Bazunu go and, and, and do a job in the Premiership? He probably could. Uh, should he stay at Southampton and really have a go at it again no harm there either but at least he's first he, he was first choice there for a while it'd be interesting to see how he goes pre-season 
uh, because they did take him out and it changed absolutely nothing for them there at Southampton so uh, you keep a close eye on that but for me the three goalkeepers need to be very very careful you don't want to be sitting and not playing games it's it's not good for you uh, play as many games as you possibly can get them under your belt if that means you have to drop down a division which you know Mark might have to do and, and Quivin uh, definitely should do well then so be it who, who, who have you got in your head Nathan? Uh, yeah, so I think Kelleher is the, the one that stands out for most people, isn't it? Another yeah. player that we rely on heavily for international duties, Roy, uh, is Matt Doherty. Matt needs to get out of La Liga. Only made uh, two appearances since going to Atletico Madrid. It just I think he is getting out of La Liga. Was he not, was he not booted yeah, out there? Yeah. Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Isn't it? I think the, the move back to Wolves seems to be on the cards, Roy, doesn't it? That seems yeah. to be one that, that's, that's doing the paper rounds. Right. Uh, that was the main one for me that came to mind. Looking elsewhere, um, Liam Scales has been doing really, really good work uh, on his loan move to Aberdeen from Celtic. Maybe that could be a possible permanent move uh, for Liam. I'm a big, big fan of Liam Scales. Actually, when he went to Celtic initially, I thought there, were, there was definitely room for him to uh, to insert himself into the back four, whether it be a centre-back or a left-back. But I think that ship has sailed now. Um, it may not really have though because they've a, they've a new manager there it looks like and Brendan Rodgers going to come in so anything's possible you know new managers take a shine to, to, to players and, and if you're in you're in I mean he'll find out fairly quickly in the in pre-season whether he's he's favoured or not and, and that Scottish league normally starts ahead of all the others nearly at the end of July so if he knows he's not getting in at that stage he still has a whole month to try and get himself out there yeah yeah, it uh, actually would be interesting to see how they get on, wouldn't it, with the new manager coming in, uh, with Ange mm. now at the lead by Tottenham, which we that, that we're not even going to get into. Ange going to Tottenham. That's just a strange one. Um, I have a couple of names here that I probably I wasn't even settled on, really. I just probably want to throw them out more, so have a little chat about them. We can even just quick fire if you want today. Um, what about Jason Knight? Still at, Der- at Derby County, down in League One. He's going to be there for next season. I think he should probably be looking to move up. I think he should be. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think he's done his time there. um, And what will happen is he'll just rot in there and be forgotten about because if Derby aren't doing up to much, you're really not going to see him that often. And you're best off getting into the championship. He absolutely no problem playing for anyone in the championship and playing well because he is a really, really good player with loads of quality. Yeah, I, I, all over that. Yeah, maybe, maybe even Luton will come in. You know, they, they Luton seem to be looking for the cheap deals at yeah. the moment, loan deals, and you know, low offers for players. So, you know, you just don't know where Luton are going to start looking for their players. That'd be a cracking move from actually, wouldn't it? Going straight mm. from a uh, league one up to the up to the Premiership, uh, and even like that this year in the Premier League, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Josh Cullen gets on at Burnley. Um, I was really critical of the move when he went there, but that's looking like a stupid take now at this stage. He uh, could be playing regular uh, Premier League football, which would be great for him and great for Ireland. Same for like Shane Duffy getting that move to Norwich. It's just something that he needed at this point in his career, especially for the international stage. He's, he seemed to be getting shunned out a little bit, so interesting to see how that one works out. Uh, yeah, one or two more to finish up. Uh, like I think people always throw out the likes of you know, Conor Coventry, maybe even Joe Hodge, Joe maybe get a, a long move out of Wolves. I think one player that needs to get a pair the move out of their current situation is uh, Troy Parry. Needs, needs to get him out there. Again, whether that be championship, just needs needs a pair move to really, just to reignite himself because he's still quite young. It's, it's gone off the boil, especially now since Evan Ferguson's come in as a new shiny toy for, for Irish supporters. 
I think it could now's the time for Troy to uh, to get that move and try and kickstart yeah, things for him. The problem with Troy is is that he hasn't he hasn't displayed the talents that he he has uh, and shined as much as we hoped he would. He scored a few goals for Millwall. He went to Preston, did okay, but. He he hasn't done what we we hoped he would do, and so going back to Spurs now and Postecoglou will be there. It's still Harry Kane's there. It's, it's very hard for him to get in anywhere in there to even have a chance of getting in anywhere there. For me at this stage, it's I think he should look away, move away, get away from Spurs, and and maybe just drop down that division somewhere where he's going to get first division. Now, obviously, he's not going to move away unless he's getting the the, the money that he's he wants to get, but. Regular football is important, and he needs to find a club that suits him. And he also needs to, you know, his form has to pick up. Goal scores, score goals, and that's what he needs to be doing. And that goes with any of our strikers uh, and any of the the clubs that they're at. We don't we don't have prolific goal scorers, and that's the reason why Evan Ferguson has has you know the news is blown all around the place because of the 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 few amount of goals that he has scored but you can see with him that it's it's there for him where the others are struggling a little bit just to to be consistent and again they're young but they uh, they definitely do need to start to step up because again you can get forgotten really really easily and if you want to be yeah. you can start up at these clubs the likes of Spurs and stuff like that you can easily drop back down to the you know Barnets and stuff like that midway through your career so yeah, yeah whatever you have to do Whatever it is, your extra training, your your psychology work, your weights, or what speed and agility, or whatever it is that you have to do, and you have to do extra stuff, do it. Get out there, do it. You know, um, because their career will be over fairly quickly, and there's a lot of talent there, just not seeing it at the moment. So, uh, if you think about it, Nathan, and I'll ask you this question: If Evan Ferguson isn't there, who's the main man? Yeah, yeah, it's a toughie, isn't it? Uh, I think a lot of us do have our, our hopes on Evan. Uh, not even coming into the two upcoming qualifiers, right? We probably talk about them more next week. Um, yeah, besides that, yeah, looking at the likes of maybe out of family, who's we we know what what he can be like, uh, freely hit and miss. Um, yeah, it's it's a grim situation, but it has been for a long time, right? We've been talking about this for a long time. Had me that that striker situation uh, for Ireland. Uh, it's been really great. Just for a second, actually, I want to pull up. You, you hardly know the squad off by heart, do you? If you do, it'd be really impressive. I'm trying yeah, to just think really in my head. But no, I don't. Um, uh, just just to see the, the striker situation. Again, like I said, we probably do an international show maybe next week. Or really go into the into the, the nitty-gritty of the qualifiers. But just to have a look here. Yeah, we, we have uh, the strikers for the current squad. Uh, Adam Ede, uh, Michael Odafemi, Evan Ferguson, Troy Parrott and Mikey Johnson. Mm. like some Mikey isn't an out and out striker either, and it's uh, yeah. he's and he's only fresh into the squad as well. It's, it's it remains to be seen how he'll get on. Um, but yeah, without Fe- without Evan Ferguson there, Roy, you probably are looking at the likes of out of Femi enter as your main striker. Yeah, and only because Adam Ada hasn't uh, hasn't had much luck with injuries, and yeah. etc. You know, so no, he's been um, really unlucky. But listen. Confident tomorrow, be confident, get out there and uh, some people will be listening to this and this game will be over so they'll know what's going on but I, I definitely think that we're, we're capable of getting results but we can't be going out there, you know, looking to get a draw, just just not, not worth it, absolutely not worth it because it makes the life harder against the likes of the Dutch when we go to finally play them so 
let's go out try win the game and see where that leaves us okay Nathan I'm going to leave it there uh, we're way over time but there you go that's what happens when you haven't been on for a while uh, yeah <laughs> thanks very much Nathan thanks very much to everyone out there who has been patient about us bringing this, the next episode of the podcast out um, hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week okay that's it